This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that for the last couple of years, we have discussed and debated the issue of money laundering in our province. And because of all of that public demand, you know, from you, the provincial government called a public inquiry into the issue earlier this year. Well, that inquiry has started this morning. So how is this going to unfold? What do we expect to hear with all of this? Joining us now to talk more about that is David Eby, the Attorney General of the province. Thank you very much for being here. Good morning. So how is this going to work uh, for the next little while? Like people expect to start hearing testimony right away, but I don't, is that going to happen? Uh, well, um, the commission itself, uh, Commissioner Cullen, is in full control of the process. It's independent of government, and that's the way it should be with a public inquiry. Uh, people want to know that the process is free from interference by any government, uh, current or former. Uh, and so that's the way it's structured. So it's, uh, it's entirely in the commissioner's hands. What I understand the process is, uh, is they're making decisions about who gets standing. That means who gets to show up uh, and uh, cross-examine witnesses or uh, perhaps make submissions at certain uh, key points in the inquiry. Uh, standing can have different rights, and so it could be that they get to potentially call witnesses or, or cross-examine witnesses or that they're only able to make argument once everything's done. Uh, and so those decisions all have to be made about who gets to participate. And so We've already seen uh, applications from uh, current and former BC Lotteries Corporation employees, for example, um, from uh, uh, from different uh, stakeholders, uh, from the casino uh, lobbying organization, uh, from uh, various service providers in the province. Uh, so the commissioner will have to sort out who gets to participate and how as a preliminary matter. Um, I understand the schedule is that they are going to hear um, preliminary uh, preliminary matters like that, as well as maybe some broad uh, uh, witnesses to set context that are non-controversial in the lead up to or, or in the end of this year, and then early next year uh, in the spring, uh, be beginning with uh, with uh, witnesses and cross examination that people might be expecting. Now, what are the frames of reference for this? What do you hope to get out of this? Well, there are some, there's a very explicit uh, terms of reference document that people can read if they're interested online about what the commission has specifically been asked to look into. Uh, but broadly, I think for most British Columbians, myself included, uh, we want to know how did uh, the lower mainland of Vancouver become a hub for international money laundering? Uh, who knew what, when, uh, what decisions were made to either allow this to continue or to ignore it or to facilitate it? Uh, was there issues of corruption of individuals or organizations? Uh, or was it simply a, a large-scale failure of, uh, of oversight? Um, there are many developments that have happened uh, on this matter that could be looked into by the Commission, everything from the decision to stay uh, uh, the, the prosecution of uh, what uh, Peter German at least believes is one of the largest, not the largest, anti-money laundering prosecutions in Canadian history, the Silver International case, that decision made by federal prosecutors, um, and, and what was that uh, all about? Or it could be uh, as broad as uh, issues and allegations of uh, corruption involving a senior RCMP uh, member recently came to the news who, uh, who came to prominence because he was using a cell phone from a company in Richmond that sold encrypted cell phones uh, to criminals around the world, uh, uh, based in Richmond, of all places, and, uh, and prosecuted and pled guilty in the United States. Uh, and uh, it was a senior RCMP officer, allegedly, who was using one of these phones, and, and that led to an investigation and his arrest. So uh, this is all a matter of public record in the media. 
lots of areas where the commission could be looking at these issues. Uh, but at its core, I think for many people, it's just this feeling like if I play by the rules, if I pay taxes, if I am working uh, at a job, I'm at an unfair uh, disadvantage compared to people who are engaging in money laundering, tax evasion, uh, and uh, and having the run of the province without accountability. And And how did that happen for so long? How big of a problem do you think money laundering still is in BC? Uh, we know it's still a, a serious issue. Um, the uh, reports that we have is uh, it's in the billions of dollars that it influences uh, real estate prices in our province, especially I believe in the areas where it's concentrated in the lower mainland and in higher end uh, neighborhoods uh, in our province. And so uh, I believe it's still a serious issue. I haven't seen, unfortunately, yet an indication of significant additional resources coming uh, uh, from the federal government uh, dedicated to this issue that we face in Lower Mainland. They've announced the funding. Uh, Now we need to make sure that that funding actually comes to British Columbia and specifically uh, the metro region uh, to begin to crack down on some of this because it has an international aspect. We understand that uh, organized criminal groups from Mexico, from the Middle East, uh, from China, are operating in the lower mainland and uh, that this is driving a lot of the activity. And so uh, we really do need uh, some serious attention on this. Right. So, but there's been all sorts of press conferences, right? The federal government, you know, up until this election campaign said they were doing things. Were those provinces empty? Well, the uh, so um, there are uh, good pieces and there are not so good pieces. Uh, let's, let's put it uh, as politely as I can. The good pieces are, uh, that the criminal code uh, was amended to make it a criminal offense uh, to uh, essentially to recklessly engage in uh, money laundering. You don't have to know anymore the specific criminal offense that uh, generated the money. If you're reckless about your conduct, someone hands you a duffel bag full of $20 bills and you help them deliver it somewhere, that should be sufficient to trigger a criminal investigation and prosecution now, which is a very significant and an important development in the criminal law. I'm very grateful to the federal government for making that change. What's not great is uh, when Peter German went to visit uh, the RCMP officers who we all believed were working on uh, in a dedicated way on money laundering after two years of headlines uh, in our province about the scandal, uh, the international scandal of the Vancouver model and uh, that this was taking place here and that we'd become a hub for money laundering. And then he found that there were uh, literally no dedicated uh, officers working on money laundering in that uh, department um, outside of the civil forfeiture regime. Uh, that's a pretty serious issue, and I haven't seen uh, anywhere uh, an indication that that's been addressed. The feds have announced additional funding. We don't know how much is coming to BC. Uh, we don't know when it's coming to BC, and and uh, we obviously have gone into an election now, so those questions will uh, not be answered until after the election. Right, but usually during an election campaign, that's when you know provinces hope to press to get some answers. Have any of the parties talked in a sufficient way, do you, in your opinion, about money laundering in BC and the issues here? Yeah, I think that all uh, British Columbians should be engaging with uh, people who call them on the phone uh, and ask them to go and vote for their parties and ask them what uh, the commitments are to deal with this at the federal level. I agree that it uh, it's an ideal time for parties to make their positions clear. My hope uh, through all of this has been that the issue is not partisan at the federal level, that all parties um, understand that Canada's international reputation and that, uh, frankly, public confidence in the rule of law in Metro Vancouver is... Uh, is jeopardized the longer that this goes unaddressed. Um, and I do think that all the parties are recognizing that in different ways. Uh, and my hope is that whoever gets elected, whether it's a majority government or a minority parliament or whichever party, that uh, we have a strong partner in Ottawa that's willing to work with us on this. 
Are you concerned though? Like, cause if there's any more confusion in Ottawa or, you know, things are, um, you know, not solid, uh, and fluctuating, are you concerned that this issue won't get the attention that it should be getting? Well, you know, personally, I want clarity on a couple of things, and and one of those uh, pieces uh, is going to come through the public inquiry, and that's clarity about how we got here and uh, who was responsible and uh, how we can best uh, uh, deal with the issue from the perspective of what the commission uncovers, and I do expect the commission will uncover information that we don't know already, which is why we established the commission in the first place. The second is clarity around whether British Columbia is going it alone on this, if if we... uh, at least if we get a message from Ottawa, you, you know, we're not going to fund additional police resources on this, uh, then we'll have a clear answer and, uh, and we can move forward from there. And, uh, but my, my sincere hope is that the, is that the feds, whoever is elected, uh, will dedicate resources to this because it is critically important for so many people in the region. Do you think there's more the province can do? Like what's on your plate to further this issue? Yeah, there's a lot more the province can do, and there's lots that we're doing. I mean, everything from uh, the rollout of our world-leading property registry that will require the disclosure of who actually owns property, so no more people with no apparent source of income, the the students and the housewives buying some of the most expensive real estate in Vancouver, numbered companies where you don't know who the actual owner of the company is buying property, uh, and flipping multiple times between uh, offshore trusts and and other unidentifiable purchasers, You'll have to actually declare who the owner is, and that'll be a public registry available to journalists and international uh, police uh, and others to, who are looking for uh, people who are hiding the proceeds of crime. We want to make British Columbia as unattractive as possible. The fact that you won't be able to start a company uh, anymore in British Columbia and hide who the actual owner of the company is, which you've been able to do for many years in our province, which is totally unacceptable and quite astounding, uh, that is changing as well. Um, and beyond that, uh, increased enforcement. So in our casinos, we've increased the presence of the regulator and decreased suspicious cash transactions by 100 times from the peak. And, uh, and in addition, uh, we have a, a transactions team, uh, police, BC Lottery Corporation, our regulator working together to identify suspicious coordinated activities. And then outside of that, we've continued funding for the joint integrated uh, policing team around uh, gambling. And we're working with um, police around identifying ways to be more effective in, in policing generally in the province. And hopefully we'll be doing that in partnership with the federal government. Now, you mentioned the gambling revenue there. So all these things that you've done, has that impacted gambling revenue in the province? Yes, um, we've seen a, a decline of about 30 to $40 million in, uh, in high stakes uh, gambling. So these are people uh, who are gambling table games um, and uh, betting large amounts of money uh, that has declined and, and it's cost the province about 30 to $40 million. And our uh, initial projections that we received indicated that that was going to be a one-year phenomenon, but it seems like uh, it is continuing, which to me is actually good news uh, that we've uh, stopped this activity if it's associated with criminality. The concern that I have with it uh, is whether or not the activity has gone to illegal gaming houses or whether uh, the money uh, that uh, that was involved here has gone to other other places like luxury cars and so on, and so we're working on that as well. Right. So, are you happy with the state of affairs at BCLC? Do you think they've done enough to tackle this? Um, so, we have a, a brand new board at uh, the BC Lottery Corporation, and uh, we have a bunch of people who are very dedicated at the staff level to working on this issue. Um, I think that, uh, and, and it's so uh, frankly, um, it's hard to know uh, yeah. all of the things that happened before. We formed government, but certainly since we formed government, uh, BC Lottery Corporation has been a good partner in cracking down and making sure that uh, that service providers understand that they can't accept this money anymore. 
uh, and putting forward uh, options for us to make sure that uh, that British Columbians can have confidence in our gaming industry. Um, and so uh, we've turned a corner there, uh, but this problem that we face in our province is that the money goes somewhere else. And so even if we've chased it out of our regulated casinos, is it going to illegal casinos? Is it going to other places? And that's where our work is set up for us. All right. Uh, Minister Eby, thank you for your time on this. Thanks for having me. That is David Eby, Attorney General of the province, talking about the issue of money laundering on this day when the Cullen Inquiry is kicking off.